back for another episode of the Fly on the Wall Show. This is the sixth episode of the Fly on the Wall Show starring me, your host, J.R. Lee, brought to you by Food for Thought Network, sponsored by Denzel Rodriguez, a.k.a. The Finance Geek. If you're looking to fix your credit and remove your debt by using your actual credit, you know, something called the Velocity Banking, Denzel Rodriguez is your guy. He is the man for the job. He's helped thousands of people fix their credit and change their lives and start their kingdoms, you know, building generational wealth. So if you're looking to fix your credit, Denzel Rodriguez is your guy, the finance geek, man. So guys, like I said, this is the fifth episode of the Fly on the Wall season two. This is a very special episode. I'm so happy and so happy and grateful. This is a little different than normal format I've had with the Instagram Live. Today, we are doing a pre-recorded version, right, on Zoom. This is, this is different, man, you know, getting a little bit outside my comfort zone, but it's about to be an amazing conversation with none other than DJ EFN. I cannot wait a few minutes early, so I'm just doing the intro from now. EFN is doing the conversation. A little bit about DJ EFN. Okay, at who's crazy, man. Legendary serial entrepreneur, hip-hop figure, for the culture, icon, man. And, you know, I don't even want to call him, you know, just a DJ, man. A&R, record executive, fashion retail owner. He owns his own production company called Crazy Hood Productions, man, where they also had award-winning, award-winning films, music videos. They did marketing promotions for some of the biggest companies that you know, Def Jam, Ciroc, Bad Boy, the list goes on, guys. And I got to have a special sit down with him. He's also known right now as one of the co-hosts for one of the biggest, and I believe the number one podcast in the world right now for hip hop music. Man, we're gonna talk about a lot of different things, man, from music to business, to mindset, to just everything, you know, about the culture, man, the state of the culture. And, you know, shout out to him as well. He just had a baby, man. So about to have an amazing conversation, you know. So we waiting for him to come in. Yeah, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's the deal? Absolutely, absolutely, man. I just want to welcome you to the fifth episode of the Fly on the Wall show. I'm so happy and grateful to have you on here, man. How you doing today? Good, man. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So for the people that who may not know who you are, can you tell them a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do? Wow, that's a, I feel like everybody wants to get into their life stories when they get asked that. Um, <laughs> in general, man, I, I'm, you know, a uh, hip-hop DJ. Uh, started a company called Crazy Hill Productions with my crew, my high school crew, in 1993. And we just been involved in all aspects of the culture and the music industry from 93 to today you know which is culminates with drink champs and and my coming home documentary series and a bunch of other things we're still doing that's amazing man so you said you started off with a group of high school friends from 1993 we're in 2021 that's quite an extensive time period to still be you know working with people that you were familiar with for such a long time how important how important is relationships for you and everything that you do hugely important man i mean relationships in terms of like you know the the people you keep closest to like my crew which is hugely important in in my life in the sense that um we started you know as just hip-hop kids 
as yeah. fans and decided to try to take a crack at, at doing it on, on a serious type level, not knowing anything and, you know, but unified. I felt like as a unified group, we could do anything. You know, that's how I felt when I was, you know, you're young, you're, you're ambitious and you think you could do anything. That's important. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. And then that that family that, that you know, I didn't I don't have any brothers and sisters. So my crew was my family. Those are my brothers. And um, and they just, you know, that support system was important to carry through the years and all the endeavors and all the ups and the downs um to where we're at now. And outside of that, everybody I've met along the way, you know, those relationships and maintaining those and creating that network, you know, whether it be locally or abroad, you know, and making sure that I, I I maintain those relationships. Those are key, key to, to doing things in the future that, you know, you know, those relationships turn into stuff that you don't even know what they're going to turn right. into. And that's why it's key to, to make sure you, you treat everybody with respect. Absolutely. Treat everybody with respect. I was actually watching one of the videos that you recently posted where you were talking about your net, your net, your network is your net worth and how it's important to not just, you right. know, treat people. Like you'll never know who can turn around and be your boss or somebody that you're going to do business with. Right. Correct. Yeah. And I mean, another thing, too, is like, I don't want people to misunderstand me uh, when I say, you know, treat people with respect and you never know who's going to be your boss or who you're going to work with. Doesn't mean for you to get disrespected either. Absolutely. You know absolutely. Saying? You know, me speaking as a man, like, you know, I don't want to be don't you know, I'm not going to allow anybody to disrespect me just because they might be like, oh, you're going to have to talk to me. Like, it's all on how people approach you as well. Like, I expect people to use common sense and, and have some kind of, you know, morality and class and how they deal with me as well, like, and, res and respect me like I'm going to respect them. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And earlier, you did mention um, your documentary, um, the documentary that you actually did with uh, one of your artists, Garcia. Can you talk a little bit about that and that process? I know you guys actually won an award for best documentary for that. How was that experience for you? Man, the first one was an amazing experience. Garcia was involved in the in the first couple, first few, and then I've been doing them on my own for a while. And Garcia, because he's gotten really busy, he's yeah. become this huge music video director now. Amazing, you know? Yeah, yeah, he's repping us in that world. So he followed that lead, and I kept going with Coming Home. So I kind of took on the directorial role in the Coming Home series. But um, man, it, it was just a dream come true to to just go to Cuba, which is the first film. Um, yeah. And it was just something we wanted to do as a hobby, like on the side, not thinking it would become a lane for us. Mm -hmm. And it was just visiting, you know, kind of like following our roots and stuff like that. And then checking in with the hip hop scene in Cuba. When we came back, the film got phenomenal, uh, you know, kind of feedback and reviews and and it, it got film festivals. And for people being first time filmmakers, this was crazy for us. And then it yeah, got picked yeah. up by Revolt TV when they launched. Yeah, that's major. Wild. We knew people that, had been being, they were directors, you know, that was what they did. We didn't do that. Yeah. And they they hadn't been able to get something like on, on cable television license. And, and we're, we're here out the gate. Yeah, so, just try it though. This is the beautiful thing of just trying to do something. Of course, I, I absolutely believe that. And on top of that, that we we tr we didn't just do it to, to like, oh, we want to show, you know, like do TV to be TV people. Yeah. It was just something that we were passionately doing from the heart. It wasn't trying to do anything other than that, like, and just film an experience. And so that gave, you know, a way to a whole new lane, which became the Coming Home series, which is a documentary series where we travel to different countries now. And it's like, if anybody's ever watched Anthony Bourdain, yes, yes. the originator of the, of not just a travel show, it's just a, 
it's a really in-depth like like i don't want to call it a travel show but um it is a travel show but it's when people think of travel shows they think of like people just going and eating and acting a fool and it just like kind of <laughs> like glosses over what's going on like anthony bourdain dove in to what yeah. was going on in a culture but he used food because that's what he knew that's the world he yeah knew. And so it's, it's, like took, a, it's like a mutual commonality people understand it, it's a common language so I took that same approach where he used food and I'm using what I know, hip hop. And I'm connecting with that common language. And, and, you know, and I'm taking it serious where each country, I want to learn what's going on. Like, you know, not on the tourist vibe, like, like I want the, the, the culture to tell me what's going on in that country. And so that's what we did with coming home. And I mean, right now we're in our six, we're finishing the sixth film, which was in South Africa. Wow, that's gonna be amazing. Is is there like congratulations on thank you number six, by the way? Is there like a is there like a country that you, you really want to travel to that you have planned for the future, maybe? I mean, I want to go everywhere, man. Like I want to go first and foremost to the countries that are the least like at least in the states explored or or known, yeah. you know, just because you know France, everybody know, you know, like like especially hip hop, like everybody knows there's hip hop and, yeah. and it's kind of France or Germany. Or even Japan, I, but I want to go to all those places. But before yeah, I go there, I rather go to some of these other places that are kind of untapped, where people will be like, "Oh wow, I didn't know they had a scene there." I know there's a scene everywhere. Like hands down, I'm not I'm not wondering. I know hip hop is everywhere. Yes. So that's without a doubt. So I mean, take me to the farthest reaches of the earth, like Mongolia or Tibet. That's where I want to go. You know? Absolutely. I could I could tell like. You like you breathe hip hop. You live and breathe hip hop. You like it's it's like pouring through your pores right now. Like thank you. Like how did you how did this relationship with hip hop develop? Was it something from when you were younger? Yeah, yeah. I mean, first it was just a passion for music in general. You just loving music, yeah. and you know, because I'm hearing all kinds of music growing up. My my older cousins are listening to disco. My my mom and my and my grandparents are listening to salsa and merengue and Latin music. Um. And then I come to Miami and I'm starting to hear Miami bass and I'm hearing reggae and, and you know, and hip hop, of course. And, 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 you know, and I, and I listen to other stuff too. I listened to rock when I was young and, and punk rock and I was a skater. And so I was into all, everything was in my, in, in my soundtrack. But what, what I, I loved music so much that, and I also paired it with movies and I loved movies that were a part of like, like display like a certain era you know, like the 60s or the 40s or the 30s. And then they put the music of that time, you know, for that movie. And I love the visual of like the older stuff and then the music that went with it. So I started to realize that music kind of put a timestamp on like a generation. Absolutely. And time travel with music. Yeah. So so to me, I was like, I was in, I was really like, like interested in that. And then when when I mean, hip hop was there the whole time, you know, as rap music, the music of hip hop. But then I start like it's, it starts to get more and more like like prevalent in my in my let's say mixtapes or my boombox, right? And I start to realize, hold up, man, this is the music of my generation, Ooh. and it's like in its early stages, and that's when I started to get really passionate. And then NWA, I, I mean, I say this a lot, NWA and Public Enemy for me were the ones that really broke through and showed me the emotion in hip hop, because before that it felt more party more more you know it wasn't it wasn't as serious or you couldn't really feel that emotion but nwa and public enemy like they had a it, message it like came out the, the boom box and grabbed me like shook me up like and you you either felt fear or you felt anger and i was like mm -hmm. holy shit this is powerful 
that raw emotion. Yeah, and then I just started to like dive in into the what it was to when I found out there was an entire culture behind this. You know, I'm like, wow, man, this is amazing. And this is in its early stages. I can not only be a fan and support this early on, then later on, I'm like, wait, locally, I could even probably be, make a difference, you know? Absolutely. And that you did. And that's how you kind of got started in Miami. You pretty much helped put Miami on. I was doing some research and I saw that, you know, of course, Miami wasn't really, I guess Florida doesn't really get their respect in, in terms of hip hop culture. Right. And music, And you're one of the first pioneers to kind of actually take the local artists and put them on to a national, national demographic. Well, and, and to be fair, maybe first that a lot of people heard of, of now, but when I even came into the game as a fan locally and started to look around, there was cats doing it out here and they were okay, doing okay. things that were inspiring me, you know? Okay, okay, okay. That's good, that's good, good. Also, oh, congratulations, by the way. I know you just had a, you just had a baby. I had my second, my son, uh, he's uh, seven months old right now, yeah. Congratulations, congratulations. And uh, I know you have your podcast, the Fatherhood Podcast. How has having kids affected you, you know, just mentally as far as your career and just balancing everything? It's rough, man. I'm still learning, to be honest with you. You know, I decided to have kids, you know, a little older than all my friends did. Um, and, you know, I'm in a point in my career where there's just a lot being thrown at me. And so what happens is when you don't have kids and you don't have a family, you as an entrepreneur, you could do whatever, whenever you want. Yeah. Right. You know, like I would be up all night you know, doing stuff, you know, and, and then wake up one in the afternoon if I had to, or do whatever, just whatever you want. It just, there's a freedom yeah. to be able to, especially in the creative world, right? You know, you need that freedom to be creative. Absolutely. So when, and especially you can't like, you know, I use the, the term, you can't teach an old dog new tricks at I've been like this since 93, man, doing what <laughs> I do. Yeah. You know, and I've kind of been the boss. So ain't nobody, you know, there was no one on top of me. So now my in a sense my kids and my family are the bosses because i live for them now yeah think about somebody other than yourself now. of course so it's it's really really tricky and i'm still learning because my daughter's only two years old uh, she's about to be three actually and then my son you know he's seven months so it's all still kind of fairly new to me um and it's tough i'm not even gonna lie it's rough mm. you know having one was already a handful but two <laughs> you just threw yourself in the in the pit and um and so, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's not, it hasn't been an easy road, but I feel like, you know, it's, it's well worth the struggle for sure. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. You're doing great, man. I'm sure, you know, you're a good role model and you're leaving a legacy for your children. And that's important. They have something to look back and be like, yo, my dad did all of this amazing stuff for us. So shout out to you, man. That's amazing. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Of course. Of course, man. This, we can talk a little bit about drink champs, man. Everybody kind of knows about drink champs. One of the most, talked about podcasts in the world legendary two legendary host how did that whole thing you know begin so drink champ started in my studio which was in my older studio which is not too far from where i'm at right now i'm in a new office now um and nori what had happened is we had known each other for years and we had worked on stuff and i was the first person to bring him to miami to do a solo show um so we had we were huh yeah shout outs to nori so legend obviously so he moved to miami at one point after he did that reggaeton album and he knew i wasn't really into reggaeton i was never really into that into that style of music no offense to them you know they're doing their thing and so when he moved here he's like yo e bring me back to hip-hop like you know like let's let's just get in the studio and let's just work and i he knew that i was kind of like this diehard like yeah, yeah, yeah. hip-hop boom bap dude 
And he's like, yo, just bring me into bring me back. And I was like, yeah, let's yeah, do it. Man. Yeah. So we were in the studio every day. Like he was in the studio more than I was even around. He just was working. I had paired him up. I don't know if you ever heard of uh, our engineer on Drink Champs, Hazardous Sounds. Hazardous Sounds, definitely. So I, I paired them up. Hazardous was working with me, my artist Garcia. Nice. And I put him with Nori. And I was like, all right, guys, let's get in the studio. Let's work, work, work. And in those studio sessions, um, you know, we were always big drinkers in, in the studio. My crew, Crazy Hood. And so <laughs> if you couldn't handle your liquor, we would be like, you're not a drink champ. It was a thing we used to say. Mm. Drink champ. So Nori was there in this in the studio hearing this all the time, and he even made a song at the time, produced by Alchemist called Drink Champ. Okay. So that's one part of the story. So so mind you, I that term was thrown around, and I loved the term. And I said, you know, I wonder if anybody has the dot com. So I grabbed mm-hmm. it. Nobody had it. I got Drink Champ and Drink Champs. I didn't know what it was gonna be. Yeah. So we used to say you're not a drink champ, and then we would say we drink champs. So I grabbed both. You know. And then I grabbed the, the Instagram and the Twitter for drink champs, right? Put that to the side. I said, I, right, I don't know. That could maybe be a bar. Maybe it could be a clothing line. Who the fuck knows what that's going to be? Absolutely. And then me and Nori started doing a, a show from my studio on XM radio, right? Called Militainment Crazy Raw Radio, which yeah, he yeah, named, yeah. gave the name. And then it, and later it was on Sirius XM when they had the merger. That's how far back. It's before the right. merger of Sirius XM. Yeah. So that show looks and sounds like drink champs. The only thing is we didn't have many guests because we we're down in South Miami right. and not too many people were coming down here to check us. So mm-hmm. we did that for like two or three years. We didn't get paid off of that show. We did it for it fun, free. Yeah. For promo. It was a once a week uh, show for one hour. And it had a mix in it. Like we had we DJ mixes. I would mix my boy DJ KNS, whatever. So we did. So Nori went on to on tour with CNN. They did a new album. Right. And I went on tour with a, a group I was managing called Mayday. That, that plaque is from Mayday. Song they did with Kendrick Lamar and Tech Nine. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. So so I went. So we both got busy and we stopped doing the the show. That show. Right. And so I was trying to figure out how could we do something like that again, but without the the, the constraints of like, we have to turn it in by a certain time. It's got to be right, an hour right. long with this, that, and the other. And my homie was always telling me, um, yo, you should do a podcast. Mm. And my homie Godfrey, shout out to him. He has a podcast called Gamer Tag Radio. They've been around for years. He's in the uh, shout to them, shout podcast to them. Hall of Fame. He's been around forever. He's like an OG in the podcast world. He's like, he's like, yeah, man, do a podcast. And I'm like, yeah, you think? He's like, yeah, man, that thing you guys were doing just as a podcast. You could record as long as you want, as little as you want, release whenever you want. So I'm telling Nori he he wasn't hip to the podcast thing, and nobody nobody really wasn't hip hop. Yeah, it was like some nerd shit, like computer shit, like <laughs> podcast. You know who does nobody gonna do that? Yeah, yeah nobody, no, no fucking nobody. Talk nobody. All day. <laughs> yeah, nobody, it's fucking what, internet thugs, nah. So <laughs> so I you know it took me a while to convince them, and and we went like we almost did it, and we didn't do it, and we yeah. like it was just back and forth, and it, and it took a couple of years, man. You know. Be, between three and five years almost. I don't know. I, I forgot how many years, but it, it took a while. And finally, he got on board. And yeah. I'm kind of trying to condense a long story. No, that's amazing. I appreciate it. And, and when he finally got on board, I you know, he, Nori's the type of dude, when he's ready, he's ready. Like, ready. You, better, you better be ready because he's ready. He got the know? energy. Yeah, I can tell. So, so when he's ready, he's like, I'm like, all right, I got the name, Drink Chance. And he was, he was like, 
all right, fuck it, let's go, let's go, let's use it. <laughs> he wasn't even sure. I'm gonna be honest with you. He yeah. wasn't even sure about the name. Let's I was like, it. yo, let's call it Drink Champs. And I had my boy Scam, who's a legendary artist, graphic artist, and MC who had did the stuff for Eminem's album, the Beats Rhyme, uh, Beats Rhyme in Life for uh, for Tribe Called Quest album cover. Amazing. He's legendary, and he's done way more stuff. I always just mention those two because they're the most notable. But um, and he has a song that he with Eminem that he rhymes on. So. Scam did the logo, and I told Nori, look, I got the logo, I got the name, let's rock. He's like, fuck it, let's go. No excuses, let's get it. Boom, and then my boy Godfrey, he even presented us with an opportunity to connect us with CBS Radio. He's like, look, I'm going to connect you with them and see if they just do the distro for you, which Rap Radar was on, on CBS Radio. And we're like, yo, that, you know, he's like, that sounds big, let's do it. <laughs> and, and, you know, and then we did it, and it was an out-the-box hit. But mind you, one thing I, I like to tell people a lot too is even when we were such a we were a big hit right out the gate, yeah, yeah. we still didn't get paid for six months with millions of listeners because CBS didn't know like it was just too it was grew yeah, too, so fast, new. too yeah. quick they didn't know what to do with it you know. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing some of the early beginnings, man. You know, just you know, really pointing out like that you guys started doing this for free. It's yeah. an idea in your head that you brought to life and you stuck with it stuck with it and now years later you guys are one of the biggest you know podcasts in the world you guys are on revolt tv um uh, i'm forgetting all the other names but i know you have partners with title and then oh i mean we're actually even past the title one now we're with iheart now we're with black iHeart. effect with, with, with charlamagne the god throughout and they're they're distributed through iheart so we're with iheart now with revolt still we just renewed with them um, but we were with Title, so shout out to Title. We were with Mass Appeal, which was Nas's company before. Mass Appeal, yeah. Yeah, we've been with CBS Radio. We've been with Audio Boom. We've been with a lot of people, man. That's amazing, man. So that's the, like, let's talk about like, how important Like, you just had an idea in your head, and you said, all right, bump it. I'm going to execute. I'm going to get the domain. I'm going to get the logo. I'm going to get Nori on board. We're going to do this. Like, how important is, like, you know, keeping that discipline, that mindset, and just not quitting on something that could really change your life? I mean, it's important. It's it's easy to quit, man. That's the easy yeah. part. But I always tell people that it's it's the long game that really counts, man. It's the consistency. It's it's commitment to something. It doesn't mean stubbornly committing to something. Right. There's a difference, you know. You could commit, and there's people who something's not working, but they're just stuck in like nah, nah, nah. Like you gotta you gotta give everything time, but also be smart enough to evaluate, you know, yourself every so often. Say, all right, is this working? Is it working the way I want it to work? And then another important thing is that success is different to different people. Yes. Some people, it's just money. And they they need that they looking for that money. Yeah. Some people is okay, maybe the money hasn't come yet, but it's they're getting they're viewership. Getting yes. Some people might not be money or viewership, they just really enjoy doing it. And yeah. it's it's their side hustle that just they're just passionate about, and they, that's enough for them to do it, and that's success for them. So it just you got to evaluate it and then see you know if it's be if it's successful and what success is for you. Thank you, and that's actually one of the questions that I like to ask all my guests: like, what's their definition of success? So I mean, you were able to kind of break that break that down. What's your definition of success, by the way? My definition: be able to be creative. You know, um, and that's really the main thing: is 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 being able to flex my creativity. And be my own boss, you know, not there's nothing wrong with having a boss. Absolutely. But it's just like again, I started this way and and this I want to continue what I've done. Like I can't I can't learn a new trait, bro. Like 
You know, like, this is it. This is what I've done since since I was a teenager. Yeah. So, so you know, that's what's important to me, man. Be able to, to master my own universe. And then ultimately, the definition of success for me is making sure that I have a roof over my children's head. My children are fed. My mother, you know, I can help her when she needs help. And that my family is good. That is the most important part to me. That is the most successful thing that I could do. If I fail them, no matter what's happening outside, then I then I'm not successful. Absolutely, man. That was a very thorough answer, man. Success is, you know, provide, you know, being able to create and then provide for your family, right. make sure your family is taken care of. Um, speaking about family, man, is family something that you know has always been important to you? Like, is that something that you were raised in those principles? You know, family above all, or was that something that you adapted over time? It's it's a mixed bag. I mean, family. I did have, um enough family and, and family around me but i have a like a a broken home situation where my parents you know separate and i was really young and 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 i was raised by a single mother and i'm originally from los angeles so like we moved to miami and this is where they got divorced and finally everything kind of ended here so we stayed here and i didn't have much family here so it was like it was all over the place but because of those things in my life right. it was important for me yeah like it became, I understood the importance of family. And, and that's even the reason why I have a second child because me being an only child in those situations, you know, I feel, you know, yeah, it felt lonely to an extent. That's why my crew was so important to me because when I found my family and, and them really and truly, I do what I do now because I wanted to maintain that family for as long as I could, you know? And so that's why, you know, you know, I feel bad for my son that he was, he's here for her, for my daughter, but, you know, I wanted them to have each other. Right. And, and so, you know, yeah, I mean, I have like great family, like aunts. And, and I had a great uncle who passed away, who was a great example. But we left them in L.A. and they were in L.A. and it was, you know, and they were distant. And they but they were in grandparents, like great grandparents as well. They were really great examples of family, but they were kind of far away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was just me and my mom. But my mom was an amazing mother dealing with a lot of hardships on her own and, and that's a strong mothers. Yeah, man. Shout out to, to the single parents who are, are you know, a lot, some people frown upon saying that they're, they're, they play both roles, mother and father, but hey, yeah. if they're a single parent, there's single fathers that are playing the role of mother and father in a, to, to an extent. So, so yeah, man, I mean, the little family I had made family important to me, you know? Thank you so much, man. That was a thorough answer. Thorough answer, man. Thank you so much, man. And just to kind of, you know, go back a little bit to drink champs, um, what was a you have hundreds and hundreds of the, some of the most talented, successful people from hip hop to just the whole culture in general? Like, was there like one of like your most favorite experiences that you've had so far? Um, I mean, I don't want to give you the same answer I've been giving, giving everybody every time they ask me that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I it's it's kind of hard because I always go back to the 50 cent was one of my favorite ones, but I, I will say this, and I've said this as well before, but I'm going to kind of double down on it. Whenever we've had comedians, yeah, those have been like the funnest and the best ones for me because there's no better therapy than laughing, bro. You know? Yeah. And so when you have those like laugh attacks and these dudes are ranking on everybody in the room and you're just, you know, it's just, you're just, it's kind of lighthearted. You're not trying to like talk all this deep ass stuff. You, you know, we might get into some deep stuff about the comedy world or their lives, but Absolutely. they're still comedians. So they're, they're, they're making jokes. 
those are the best ones, man. Because like I said, the the humorous, like the laughing therapy is so is so important, man. And it, it really helps. Laughter is so therapeutic. It's actually very healing. Yeah. There, was a, there was a movie based off of that. The doctor just went around. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. right. Going around making people smile. So laughter is very therapeutic. Yeah. And so, you know, as we are closing, man, I just want to thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. Um, one question that I do have for you is, you know, you've done so much, you've conquered so much, and you still have so much more to go. Like, where do you see yourself or where do you want to be in the next three years? Man, I just want to, instead of putting like, you know, these very specific goals out there with, with like content or whatever I'm doing, I just want to continue to be able to, to, to be creative and bring in revenue, however that is, however it evolves. I just know that whatever I... I do like I might change certain things that I'm doing, but it's always relatable. And I just want to hopefully I'm allowed to continue to be able to evolve and venture off into whatever spaces I want to go into. But still, it, it all being very relatable to what I'm doing, you know, Crazy Hood, the brand, you know, DJ EFN and everything that I that I stand for. And ultimately just and also continue to rep my city internationally you know that's that's Ooh, that's the most proudest thing i could say that i've been able to do is rep my city because that's all i ever that's at the base uh, basics of what i wanted to do with my crew we just wanted to rep our city rep. and here fun, we man. are you know however many years later repping it on a global you know stage absolutely man well thank you so much for that beautiful answer man i really appreciate your time man as well you know shout out to you your whole you know crazy hood family the whole Drink family, man, you guys are doing amazing things for the culture. You guys are picking the culture in so many different ways, man. And, you know, I just want to, in closing, I just want to say thank you so much for this opportunity, man. I, you know, I was able to, you know, be in a private recording of Drink Chance a few years ago. Uh, shout out to my brother, Lewis. He actually was able to get me in. You know, it was a really great, you know, a great experience because I was able to see, you know, this is the first time I was able, able to, to see anything with podcasting, like from a, outside of a fly on the wall perspective. Right, right. So I was able to see you guys going in, man, and having like these exclusive moments and the energy in the room was crazy. I, I didn't, it didn't matter that I was standing, standing, you know, standing up for two different, for two long hours and three hours. Like it was right. the energy in the room, you know, everything, everything, man. And, you know, it was amazing, man. And afterwards, you know, talked about the concept of time and I, I hit you up and I told you, man, like, thank you so much for not kicking me out that night. I know you didn't <laughs> know who I was or anything like that. I told you that one day and I'll be on the show, you know, who knows when that would happen, man. But now it's, it's, a, it's a crazy thing. Two years later, now I have, a, I have you as a guest on my show. So I just want to say thank you so much for the opportunity, man. I'm grateful, man. Thank you. None. And like I said, likewise, thank you for having me, man. And, and I appreciate it as well. Absolutely, man. So thank you so much for being a guest on the Fly on the Wall show. Until next time, DJ, your friend. Peace.